up guys welcome back to the on god's time podcast i'm really excited uh to get in here and you know kind of not interview myself but um answer some questions about my book that i've gotten um i decided to do this episode because there have been a crazy amount of people who have came up to me and asked me different questions i've gotten different texts and i really just you know i kind of dropped the bomb with the book like i thought that we were maybe gonna you know um make a post about it and then wait a couple weeks then release the book but they were like no it's ready we're gonna drop it right now uh post it right now and it was kind of an all of a sudden thing um a lot of people were um just kind of surprised like oh my gosh like you wrote a book and i don't feel like i've given people a lot of details behind like the process of that and how it happened and all of those things so um this episode is all about like answering questions that I've gotten. I've gotten like six or seven, six, boo, can't talk. Six or seven super common questions um, about my book, and I'm just super excited to answer them. Um, but before we get going, I really want to dive into the book of Proverbs uh, real quick. Uh, Proverbs chapter three, verses one through eight, and I kind of want to use this verse to um, just kind of set the tone for the episode and really let people know. Um, how this was possible and how Jesus worked through all of this. So Proverbs 3, 1 through 8 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and, faithful, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord. And this is the verse that a lot of people quote um, in Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And I wanted to explain that. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about it later on when I... Um, you know, get to a later question, but this book would not have been possible if I didn't completely give it to Jesus. There was a period of time where I kind of was trying to do it all by myself, and I was trying to um, make it just too much of my own and not um, enough of God's. So, you know, that, that verse says, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones, and it's talking about whenever we give Jesus our heart, whenever we give God our heart, and so I want you to know that, you know, if you ever have a big idea, you want to like kind of you know do something big, I would just encourage you, give your heart to God and he's the one that'll make that happen. Um, all right, before we get into the questions, I did have a book giveaway and I, you know, decided that five people were going to get um, some books with my package with Westbo. I got, you know, a, a big quantity of books and, you know, we're, we did a book giveaway and, um, I thought that, you know, like 15, 20 people maybe would enter, but we actually had like close to 100. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, and I'm going to answer now. Um, I'm going to answer, gosh. I'm going to tell now who won. And um, the first winner was Anna Mary Tillery. The second winner was Adam Martin. The third was Kara Grant. The fourth was Cade Lewis. And the fifth was Jacob Richards. And... I will be messaging you guys, and if I can't meet you somewhere to give it to you, um, which you know some may live far away or whatever, then I will ship it to you or you know whatever um, just works best. So we'll get together and we'll talk about that. And I also want to just you know 
express my appreciation for everybody who has supported me and been here for me um, throughout the process of the book. And, you know, when I did, you know, drop the bomb and, you know, tell everyone about it, like it was insane. You know, I got hundreds of messages. Um, there was, you know, hundreds of shares on Facebook hundreds of comments between my mom's post, my post, and my grandpa's post, and different people in my family. Like, it was really cool. And I've had a couple people say they read my book that I literally, like, don't know at all. Like, there's somebody from a completely different state, like, far away from here that said, hey, um, I saw something that a family member shared, and I bought your book, and I've been reading it, and it's relatable, and I love it, and it's really helping me. So, that just means a lot to me. Um, so, let's start out with this first question. And I decided to do this one first, um, you know, just because it's the most common one I've gotten. Number one, why did you decide to write your book? Um, that's the one I've gotten above anything else. You know, people saying like, what, what made you want to do that? And I, you know, there was a lot of different things that went into it, but I'll say that above anything else, I just went through a really, really hard time in my life. Um, you know, I was a senior in high school whenever COVID happened. Um, and I had like all these plans. Um, I was going to go visit a couple colleges. I was, um, you know, in contention, like I was ranked uh, to possibly win a state championship in track and the 1600 meter run. Um, and it was just, it was just a lot. Like I just, I had a lot of things going for me and then bam, out of nowhere, like COVID just happened. And I was like, man, like, like I was so discouraged with all of these things that were happening in my life. And it all kind of um, tipped over, just became its worst whenever, you know, and I say this in my book, one time I was at the gym with Spencer Reeves and Austin Reeves, and I got a call. Um, my track coach told me that track season was canceled, and that was a big deal to me because, um, you know, I, I mentioned in my book that my uncle Matt Anderson had a few state championships in track, and he passed away in a car accident when I was in the eighth grade. And from that point on, um, running just meant a little more to me um, because that was kind of like how I viewed him. Everyone in the family was like, oh, you're gonna break Matt's record. You're gonna do this and do that. And like, it, it was just kind of a big deal to me. And, you know, I wanted to kind of win that and I wanted to do that for him. And well, of course, for the glory of God, but also, you know, I just wanted to win it. And I wanted to be able to say to my family, like, hey, I won this. Like, I did this for Matt. Um, and I talk about that throughout the book, but I'm getting way off subject. So basically, my dad gave me this book called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And the very first sentence of this book said, it's not about you. And that sentence really shook me because I felt like for so much of my life, I was like, God, like, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? And... I felt like God had been laying it on my heart to really um, just begin to go all in for him and, <clears throat> excuse me, to really um, live my life for him. And so whenever I heard that, I kind of began to shift my mindset. And instead of like dwelling on all the things that were going wrong in my life, I just began to look to God. Like I really began to make it um, an effort to read my word every day to get in God's word every single day, to pray more, to impact the lives of those around me. And I was at 747 in Jonesboro whenever like, it was like the peak of all the things that had been going wrong in my life. Um, you know, I was at a prep school playing basketball and that was, 
you know, that situation, uh, it was just kind of hard because we were meant to play, you know, 20 something games and we only played seven uh, because of COVID. And so it was always COVID, COVID, COVID. And I was just always so mad at COVID. And it wasn't even like, like I wasn't necessarily fearful of like, I wasn't like in a bad spot because of COVID. I was in a bad spot because of like the things that COVID caused, if that makes sense. Like I was supposed to go on these visits. I couldn't, I was supposed to run track. I couldn't, we didn't get to play many games. And so I, it was just, I was just in a hard spot, you know? Um, but back to the question about, you know, why'd you write your book? So I went to 747 in Jonesboro and Jonathan Freeman just had this message that just changed my life. Like he was kind of talking about going all in for God. And we talked after that night and I always buried the idea of writing a book. Like in July, um, I text Spencer one time and I was like, Hey bro, like, I think I'm going to write a book. And he was just like, really? Like what's going to be about? And I was like, I don't know. You want to be in it? And he was like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so like I, I had that idea, but it never really came to fruition until like, it, it kind of felt like I just was down in a really bad place. And I was just dealing with fear above anything else. I was dealing, I was dealing with being fearful with my life and how I live it. And I was always worried and, and, I actually had a bad experience like with panic attacks during COVID. And a lot of people don't know that because I think I appear sometimes as like this confident, um, this like confident and spiritually sound person. But like I was going through all of these things with COVID and I felt like all of it built up to that moment at 747. And Jonathan looked at me at the end of the night, we talked to each other and he said, man, God's gonna, God is gonna use you with all the things that you've been through. And that night I made it, like I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna write this book. I don't know what it's gonna be about, but I know it's gonna be for God's glory. <coughs> and I know that I wanna help people um, who are kind of dealing with a, a fearful state of living, you know? And so that's like the main reason. I went through a very hard time in my life and I felt like everyone was going through it with COVID. And, um, you know, the book is called Just Go For It. And in, in like the subtitle, it says choosing faith when fear begins to overwhelm your life. And I wanted to share my experiences and what I've been through in my life and not just mine, but others. And I'm going to get to that in the next question. But I wanted to share like the experiences and the things that I've been through. And I just wanted God to use it. Like I was like, God, like, you know, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I just want you to use me, you know, and um, I actually went through a period of time, like I said, where I, I was trying to make the book kind of, I just say too much about me. Like I was relying too much on me and, you know, different things like that. And my friend Carter actually, um, walked in my apartment and whenever I was in Jonesboro and he was the first person I, I showed like kind of what I was working on. Um, when I was in a, like a, like a really stressful time and I was like, just obsessed with doing the book, but I didn't really know how to write a book. Um, and he walked in and he gave me like probably the best piece of advice I've ever been given. He was like, you need to get out of this room. You need to stop trying to do all of this on your own and you need to be around people and you need to learn from people and you need to make it about, um, like you just need to learn like how to actually write a book. Like you don't know how, like you need to read other books you need to ask people their best piece of advice. 
and you need to just stop trying to do it on your own because I was getting so stressed out because it's like I was trying to do everything on my own. Like I didn't, I told like two people about the idea of my book, like, or maybe like 10 or less, I don't know. But I, I just didn't tell a lot of people and I was trying to do it all on my own. <coughs> and I just had a lot of things to learn. And that was like the best piece of advice I've ever been given because it kind of woke me up. And I literally got on my knees and I prayed, okay, God, I'm done trying to do this on my own. What do you want me to write about? And it was kind of funny. Um, I describe it like this. I say, God was like, Caleb, I want you to write, I want you to write about fear. And I was like, no. And he was like, why? And I was like, because I'm scared. <laughs> and so, like, I was still living in that fearful mindset. And then shortly after that, I began to just truly give it all to God. And, you know, Darius Dunaway was discipling me. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm kind of sick. Um, but he was discipling me, and I remember him telling me the same thing, and I heard that multiple times, just completely give it to God, and he's going to use it the most. And Darius actually told me, um, Darius has a subtitle in my book. Um, it's called Give It to Jesus, which is kind of ironic. I forgot that until I just said it. But um, he said the more open and vulnerable you are about your struggles, the more people's lives you're going to touch. And... That was the goal from that point on with the book. I was like, okay, I'm going to be open and vulnerable. Not too personal because, I mean, obviously everyone has, you know, things that they should keep in their personal life. But um, I was going to put what God put on my heart, like in the book, and be open about, like, what I had been through in my life and stuff. And But shortly after, um, you know, all of that was happening, you know, I said Carter gave me that advice, like, hey, you know, you need to talk to other people and stuff. Um, I went out to eat with my grandparents and he, like that thought was always in my mind, like I need to ask people like their best piece of advice for a young Christian um, and stuff like that. And I was eating with my grandparents at Cracker Bell and my grandpa introduced me to this man. I won't say his name, but he's around Jonesboro and <coughs> he's very well known and he's just a really good guy. He did a lot of stuff with FCA for a long time. And I asked him, I was like, um, me and him like began, you know, having a conversation and we were, um, just getting really deep and he was really encouraging me. And I, I decided to be like, to ask him the first question that, um, I asked like from Carter's advice, I was like, Hey, what is your best piece of advice for me as a young person? Like as a Christian, like what's your best piece of advice? And he looked at me and he said, the closest you'll ever be to the Lord is when you have nothing but him. And it's, it's really ironic because after he said that, that was the first quote in my book. Like my first chapter is called Lost and the sub, like the chapter quote of that book or <clears throat> the chapter quote of that um, chapter says the closest you'll ever be to the Lord is when you have nothing but him. So I thought that was kind of cool that, you know, that first, um, that first time I asked somebody that um, I got that response and I put it as my, um, first quote. All right. Um, question number two, why do you name drop so many people in your book? In other words, like there is a lot of different times I mention like certain friends or just people and their stories and stuff like that. And, you know, I've said it once and I say it, you know, in the beginning of the book and I'll say it again, like the book's not about me. The book is about Jesus and how through Jesus you can have faith in him and he can help you overcome your fears by having faith in him. That's what the book is about. It's not about me. 
and I just wanted to make it about like more than myself, you know, like, um, you know, like I said, Darius has a subtitle in my book, um, Kanan Sandy, the ESPN Hall of Fame Razorback fan. Um, I've known Kanan since I was a baby, um, and Kanan's literally the happiest person I've ever met in my life. Um, he just loves Jesus with all of his heart, and my eighth chapter um, is kind of about using your passions to glorify God. And I talked about how Cannon uses his love for football and his love for the Razorbacks and all their sports to glorify Jesus. Like, it's not selfish of him to love those things because God made him to love those things. And that's just one example. Like, uh, I talk about, <coughs> I have a, you know, subtitle with Bella Floyd, talking about her story, Todd Baumgarner, my friend Carson. Um, there, there's just so many different subtitles of, and like, you know, little sections in my book where I associate like the topic, I guess you would say, and what goes on in that topic with a story and how someone has chosen faith in their life whenever they easily could have chose fear. And yeah, I just, I just really wanted to make it more about myself. It was more fun that way. It was more fulfilling that way. And, you know, being able to say, you're in a book is like a cool thing, I think. So I tried to include as many people as possible. Like I didn't force it or anything. Like I didn't say, I'm putting my friend such and such in here, you know, because they wanted to be. Like, no, that's, you know, that's not how it was. But like, um, you know, just different instances where when it was convenient, not, not where it was convenient, more so like where I prayed about it and I thought, hey God, I think that this story of somebody and like what they've been through could inspire somebody. Like that's whenever I put it in there. And I really prayed about that. And I, you know, like whenever I was talking to different people and being discipled by, you know, pastors and, um, you know, some older people, they like said continually, like that's a really good idea to have multiple people in there um, just to make it more about um, Jesus and other people. Because, you know, like I said, it's not about me. Um, it's about Jesus and it's about others. So I thought that was, um, you know, I, I don't even want to say I thought. Like, that it was made obvious to me. Um, I read this book called Shaken by Tim Tebow. And he talked about different people in his Tim Tebow Foundation who have been through different things um, and who he's met in his life that changed his life, too. Like, he talks about this boy named Sherwin who had his feet on backwards in a, I can't remember what country it's in. Oh, I think it's in the uh, Philippines. Is that how you say that? Yeah, maybe, maybe, I don't know. But um, but yeah, he was on a mission trip and he saw this boy and he was looked at as cursed. And, you know, Tim was like, no, God made him that way. God made him special, he made him unique. And like, he used that story of him seeing that in his life and, um, how he glorified God through that situation. So I, I use a lot of stories, um, and again, kind of get to that later, but I think it was really cool. Like, I studied a lot of different books, um, you know, looking into, like, how to write it and, you know, stuff like that. Question number three, how long did it take you to write your book? So in February of 2021, I had the idea, that's when I was at 747, and I said, I'm going to write a book. Like, I was like, I don't know how. I don't know, like, what the process is going to look like. I don't know um, what any of that's going to look like, but I'm like, I'm going to write a book, um, and I'm going to do it. I don't know. So I decided to do it then, and 
I didn't truly give over the book um, and control of it, I guess you'd say, to God until about July or August of that next year or, you know, of 2021, uh, five or six months or whatever it was later. I don't know, four or five, six, whatever. Um, but I decided to completely give it to God then. And I actually took a break from writing. Um, I was like, I'm going to just, you know, dedicate my time to reading the word, to reading different books, to, you know, asking people their best advice and talking to people and saying like, Hey, I'm going to write a book, you know, um, you have any advice, whatever. And I actually did this thing where I kind of started interviewing people. And like I said, like during this little break I had, that's what I was doing. Like I would ask a couple different questions. Like I'd be like, Hey, um, you know, what are you most afraid of? What are you most insecure about? Is there something that happened in your life that, um, was traumatizing? Was, um, like, you know, how has, um, how has God been evident in your life? Um, you know, just multiple different questions. There's like 20 of them. And I would sit down and I would, um, interview people, I guess you'd say, but I'd really just have a conversation with people. And I would be like, Hey, like, why, like, you know, why have these things happened, I guess, but also like, how has God been evident in your life? Like I said, um, about that, but I really just got a chance to kind of understand people better and understand like all the common struggles that we have. Like that was the goal of like doing the interviews and stuff. I was like, okay, I'm going to see what the, like what fears people have, but also like what the most common are. And that's why like at the beginning of the book, I say that I think that life's two greatest questions are who am I and why am I here? And I truly believe that because that was the most common like fears and insecurities. It's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Oh, I'm insecure about this or oh, like, I don't know what my purpose is or whatever. And it's like, obviously like we all have different callings. We're all going to do different professions and stuff like that. But at the same time, like God makes it obvious to us that we have purpose we're here to love God and love others. And we're here to live for Jesus. Like those are like the Bible is obvious, like when it tells us that, but sometimes we just need reminding of that. And so those were like, that was like my way of really getting to know people better and understanding people better. And, and really just getting to see that we're all going through something all the time. And, you know, yeah, that was what I kind of did, um, you know, during that period of time. And then Around January, um, I went to Passion Conference in Georgia, and like I said, Louis Giglio had that message, and it really kind of set the tone or like sparked what I was going to mainly be talking about and how to answer it, and that was really like, I remember I actually didn't want to go to Passion, like I did, but I didn't, like I kind of wanted to, you know, just chill out on my break, but I prayed about it and I talked to my family about it and they were like, you need to go like that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I didn't get to go this year because, um, you know, we don't have that time period off for basketball. Um, but I definitely wish I could go again. I wish I could go again because it was a really life changing experience. And so, yeah, I truly started writing the book right after that. Um, I started literally right when we got back. So like January 3rd, I think, like right after we got back from Passion, it was like January 2nd and 3rd, 4th. I don't know what it was. Let's, 
say the day after, so January 3rd or 4th, um, that's when I started like actually writing, writing the book. Like I had a million things in my notes and like written down in my notes on my phone and on my iPad. Um, like some stuff I literally just had to copy and paste. Um, not a lot, but just some of it, like the main ideas and stuff that I was going up, like trying to work on. Um, and I knew like a lot of the subtitles I wanted to use, the chapters and a lot of that, it was all laid out. It was just actually writing it. And so I started that in January and I finished in March, like, um, the last week of March or something. So it took three to four months to actually write it, like to actually, you know, type it out and to do it in Word. And so I would say that the book took about a year. Like that's a good time frame of it. The book took about a year. Actually writing the book took, you know, three or four months. Like I had the idea in February of 2021 and I didn't finish the book. Like, like I had the idea in February of 2021 and the book was written and like done, done March, 2022. So about a year um, from the time I had the idea to the time I got done. And as far as writing, it took me like anywhere from three to four months. Question number four, are you going to do a book signing somewhere Yes, but it is going to be after basketball season. It would be almost impossible to do it right now. And plus, I'd like to, you know, announce it like a week or a couple weeks before. And, um, you know, one thing I've said about like book signings, too, is like if you already have a book, you can definitely just bring yours and I'll sign it. Um, but we'll definitely have like books to sell. And yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, I haven't talked too much to Williams about it. Um, I know I'm going to do one in Batesville. I know that um, I talked to Dr. Putman here at Williams and he thinks it'd be a cool idea to do one here. So we might be able to do one here um, and maybe a couple of uh, um, a couple of other different places. I think it'd be really cool to do it. You know, I'm not, you know, this is my first time doing this. So um, I'm not very experienced with it. And um, you know, it's been kind of cool though. I've had a lot of support, so yeah, but I definitely want to do it about book signing. Number five, how did you land a deal with a publisher and who is your publisher? So my publisher is Westbow Press. They're a subdivision of Thomas Nelson and Zondervan. And if you don't know, those two are like the, two of the biggest like Bible, um, distributors, I guess you'd say, and they have a lot of um, Christian books and a lot of people like who partner with them. Um, like I could take this book right here is called Goliath Must Fall. It's by Louis Giglio. And if you look right here, you'll see where it says Thomas Nelson. And so the company I went with, Westbro Press, they're not exactly like, like they're not Thomas Nelson and they're not Zondervan, like those are the two biggest like Christian book platforms that you can be on, but they're like the little brother of them. And what that means is like, I remember being on the phone with somebody and it was always my dream like to publish with Thomas Nelson. Like I was like, I'm gonna publish with Thomas Nelson. They're like the, the biggest, like I've seen all these big writers publish with them. And somebody explained to me on the phone that 
um, a publisher like that, no matter how good your book is, it does not matter if it's the best book they've ever seen in their life. Like a publisher like that is not going to accept um, somebody with less than like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. And the reason that they do that, not like it doesn't just have to be Instagram, but like if you don't have some kind of like platform or social media following, like they're not going to accept you simply because they want to have a guaranteed number of books that are sold. Like, because with some companies it costs like $500,000 just to make a book. And I know that sounds crazy, but it adds up like with all the distributing, um, if they're a big company, like they're gonna place it around the world, they're gonna pay for all the marketing services and they're gonna pay for all those things. And so they don't wanna invest in something that they know isn't like guaranteed gonna get um, X amount of copies sold or whatever, like, so yeah, and um, I began looking at some um, publishers who would, who you would call like self-publishing companies. And what that means is that you do publish through them, but you like retain 100% rights to your book. And so like the book I just showed you, Goliath Must Fall. Yes, that's Louis Giglio's book, but it belongs to Thomas Nelson because they're the people who published it. And so basically it's like this, Westbo Press, like I said, is like the little brother of Thomas Nelson and Zondervan. They're a subdivision of Thomas Nelson and Zondervan. So imagine those two up here and then Westbo is like right below them. And basically what Westbo does is they give like people opportunities who don't have like a big following or whatever, or even some people who do have a big following. Like there's one woman, uh, her name's Ann something. I forgot her name. She has like a ton of followers on Instagram. Um, she published with Westbo. And so there have definitely been people who are bigger name people like who went with them. But the thing about it is that um, they look at like the quality of your writing, what your story is. And if they believe that your story could possibly make it to the Thomas Nelson or Zondervan level one day, then they will possibly accept you. And so what happened was I started praying and looking at all these different publishing companies because the way I did it is I finished my book and like, and then I began looking at publishing companies and I decided on Westbo mainly because of like how personable they were with me. Um, you know, I talked to like their main guy and he said that they have like, not that they've never had someone, but that they've you know, having someone 20, like work with their like company is, has been like very rare. Like, like I'm one of the youngest people like they've ever worked with. And the fact that they said that, but that they were like supportive of it, but they were like, yes, like we love that you're young and that you want to get out this message and all these things. Like, you know, that made me want to go with them. And I say that, like I had to get accepted by them first, which I'm going to kind of talk about. They, Basically, they said, send us your manuscript. We're going to look at it. Um, tell us the summary of your book, what it's about, and we will decide if we want to give you a deal or not and like how that would look and like what all that would look like. And so I sent my manuscript into a couple of different uh, publishers, but ultimately they gave me the best value and the best service. And they told me about all the things that were possible through them. And <clears throat> after a couple of weeks, um, you know, I got a call back and they said that 
they accepted my manuscript and my book and they would love to be the ones that published it like they read it all and they were like oh my gosh like this is a great story it's very relatable um we would love to be like the people that publish your book and like that made me so excited and i was stoked because i was like oh my gosh like that's crazy like i was just i don't know i was really excited um you know just because i kind of had that fear you know you have that fear like i spent so much time on this what if no one accepts it and i mean they made it look amazing like uh i have a <coughs> i have a copy of it over there but i just don't feel like i'm going up and getting it but yeah um i you know how did i land the deal um they just saw what i had and they liked it and i thought it was really cool like i spent so much time um like you said or like like i said like with the interviews and all that like it was crazy like how much time went into all of it and um, I also want to like put this in there. Um, the book like says it's like 188 pages, but it's truly about 210. And basically they decided to dense it down. And so what I mean by that, like I'll get this book, it's by Billy Graham, like um, on each line in a book or like on each page in a book, there might be like, you know, 22, 23, 24, 25 lines like one line, two line, three lines, you know, like that. And on my book, there's about 33 or more lines per page, something like that. And so basically the reason that they did that is so that like, because it's less pages, which it's only, you know, 30 pages less or something, 20, 30 pages, whatever. Um, but it's less pages, so therefore it costs less. You know, like it's thirteen ninety five for a soft cover on Amazon, but you know, if they made it like two hundred and ten pages or whatever, it might have been seventeen ninety five. So they did that so it could be a little bit cheaper and they told me about it and I was like, Yeah, sure, like I don't care. You know, it's about the message, not about like how long it is. I mean the goal was to write like a 200 page book. And, um, as far as like regular book standards go, it's, you know, 210. So yeah. All right. Um, last question. What makes your book different from other Christian books? Um, I would just say like the fact that I'm not famous, like so many people like begin a book with, I was at this conference with 10,000 people or, you know, I was, you know, in a stadium doing this or like, like famous people stuff, right? Like, and you can learn a lot from those books and they're very good. And like, I still read those books. Like I really like them. But I think what makes mine different is the fact that I'm not famous. The fact that literally anybody who reads my book can put themselves in my shoes and can put themselves in like the things that happen to me and the things that happen to other people. And you know, they can be like, you know, at the beginning of my book, I'm sitting at my desk at my high school, like, and the coronavirus happened and all that. Like, you know, if you're in high school or older, everyone, just about everyone has sat at a desk at a high school before. So I think that literally like anyone who reads it um, can relate to it. <coughs> like the book is from the perspective of a teenager. Like every book, or I'm sorry, every like story in it people can relate to like there was a lady who 
shared something on Facebook and said all of these topics that he's talking about, like I relate to. And I mean, that just really meant a lot to me, like knowing that, um, like all the hard work and dedication that went into that, like was possible and the, the intentionality behind making it relatable, like the fruits of that, um, began to show. And so, yeah, the thing that makes it different is the fact that anybody can, you know, put their shoes, um, I'm sorry, anyone can like put themselves in my shoes and, um, you know, I'm just really blessed and thankful that, you know, I mean, I've made two posts on Instagram and Facebook and a crazy amount of people have supported it. Um, it's just been really cool and I'm really blessed um, for the fact that I've gotten that support. So, yeah, I would say that what makes it different is that it's relatable and that literally anyone can put themselves in my shoes. You know, I'm not famous, like I said, and I just, uh, I think that's what kind of makes it stand out. Okay, uh, last thing I want to say, um, I just want to say thank you. Like, if you've purchased my book, if you have um, supported it, if you reposted something on Facebook, Instagram, like if you put something on Snapchat, if you've put something on Twitter, like whatever the case is, or even just came up to me and said, hey, like I read your book and it's awesome. Like, you know, I'm thankful for it. It's relatable, like whatever. Just thank you for being supportive. Like, it's just insane. Like it's overwhelming, like how much support I've gotten. And, you know, like I said, I'm praying that if you did make the decision to buy my book, um, I'm praying that, you know, it can speak to you and whatever you may be struggling with right now in your life. I pray that it can help you through it and give you some biblical advice and some stories that are relatable. So, yeah, um, I hope you can relate to some of the things I said in this episode and I will see you guys later.